and welcome to the Common Good podcast. The podcast showcases the very best of Glasgow Caledonian University and explores how the institution, its staff and its research benefits people and communities, both at home and overseas. My name is Craig Telfer and today's episode focuses on GCU's success in delivering graduate apprenticeships, as well as how the university is supporting girls and young women in STEM subjects. And I've got two very special guests joining me to talk through these very important topics. The first is Sarah Spears, who is studying a graduate apprenticeship in environmental civil engineering. Sarah, it's brilliant to have you on the show. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Craig. Thanks for having me on. And I'd also like to welcome Dr. Andrew Kill, the programme leader for the graduate apprenticeship in engineering, design and manufacture. Andrew, brilliant to see you today. Hi, Craig. Thanks for having me. I will come to yourself first, Andrew. What is a graduate apprenticeship? Uh, yeah, thanks, Craig. So a graduate apprenticeship is a work-based uh, engineer or engineering or science degree generally. There are business degrees as well, uh, but they're prominently in the kind of engineering and science arena. And the idea is that the apprentice, as we call them, will be employed in industry and they'll be studying their program. The difference from a, from a regular part-time degree is that it's run as a full-time mode. So our students in engineering actually study across all three trimesters rather than traditional trimester A and B set up. And the idea is that they have support from their, their mentor in the workplace and also obviously do the regular academic study at university as well. Yeah, that's quite interesting. What are the advantages then of a graduate apprenticeship compared to, say, a more traditional degree? Well, I'm sure Sarah can really speak about this, being experienced in it. But from my perspective, it's working while you're studying so we encourage our students to do a weekly logbook. So they're taking what they've studied that week and they're kind of directly applying it back to their workplace. So they're not just learning the theory, they then go straight into the workplace and say, okay, so this is what I can do with that theory that I've just learned that week. So there's that direct kind of feedback loop, I guess, that they're gonna do that straight away. So with that in mind then, Sarah, we'll come to yourself. Tell us, why did you choose to study a graduate apprenticeship? At the end of high school, I knew I wanted to continue learning and to get my degree, but the idea of working alongside it and gaining on-the-job experience, networking opportunities, in addition to getting my degree, seems like a bit of a no-brainer, and you get the chance to earn while you learn. Now, I know you have had quite an interesting journey since you started your graduate apprenticeship in 2019. Could you talk a wee bit about your experiences so far? Yeah, so in terms of the, the course at GCU, it's been great so far. It's well structured and organised and the staff are really supportive. Obviously, COVID had a bit of an impact. Um, I was only in first year when everything went online, but classes have continued to be delivered to high standard and things are running smoothly. I'm really enjoying it. And I know as well, you were in employment, but you, but you lost your job during the pandemic. Can you talk a wee bit about that? Yeah, so unfortunately, due to the impact of COVID on my business, I was made redundant um, and Glasgow Caledonian University were really supportive throughout that whole process. They gave me a couple of months to look for an alternative employer and allowed me to continue in studying throughout that. So I was able to, to find a new job and not lose any of my progress at university. So what are you doing just now then? I'm currently in my third year at university. I work for a company called Arcadis um, in the rail industry. Is that how you're enjoying it? It's great. I'm loving it. That's great to hear. Obviously, we, we've actually got, or we've, we've had students from Arcadis on the engineering uh, side of things as well. So that's, that's good to see that there's that kind of overlap from the same companies. And we, we find that a lot of companies see the benefits from one graduate apprenticeship 
and then maybe look at other kind of technical areas as well. So there's, there's definitely, um, industry's definitely seen the, the benefit of this, this mode, definitely. Now, GCU is a sector leader when it comes to graduate apprenticeships. Andrew, could you talk a wee bit about that and why GCU is so successful in this area? We've always had a lot of background in delivering kind of part-time degrees to industry, certainly within engineering. So we've had mechanical engineering, electrical power engineering for, for a long time at undergraduate level. And we've also done instrumentation at postgraduate level as well, kind of delivering these as part-time and distance learning. So we've, we've got that kind of grounding in delivering this type of course. Um, and we understand the, the requirements of industry. We've got the uh, industrial advisory board. I think there's, there's one for civil engineering as well. We've certainly got one for, for kind of our engineering in terms of electrical and mechanical. So we, we're kind of in tune with what industry is looking for. And we know, we know what, what they're looking for and we, we work with them continually to make sure we're, we're kind of keeping up with that. And I think we also maybe one of the few universities that offer across a lot of the different frameworks so that we were able to learn from the other frameworks and kind of feed into that process as well. Sarah, how have you managed to balance your time at the university with your actual working in industry? I think the, the work-life uni balance is probably one of the hardest things about undertaking a graduate apprenticeship. Um, and it's about open communication with your employer and managing your workload, especially in times of exams. Um, my company have been brilliant at accommodating study leave days, roundabout exam time and regular touch points to make sure my workload's manageable. So what does a normal week look like for you? The graduate apprentice programme, I work four days a week full time and then one day a week I attend classes at university. Um, so I've been able to gain all sorts of project experience. Um, I've worked on some really cool projects, but I also get to my degree alongside that. Can you tell us about some of the projects that you've worked on? So I was involved in the design of a blast proof control building on a petrochemical site. I designed foundations for a hydrogen plane test centre in Orkney at Kirkwall Airport, and I've carried out some bridge inspections on the railway. That sounds really exciting stuff. What do you want to do when you finish up your graduate apprenticeship? I'm really keen to stay in the engineering industry. I really enjoy the civil side of things. I'd be keen to get involved and sort of give back to apprenticeships. I'm keen to sort of get involved in mentoring, maybe people who are still in school, especially young women who maybe don't see a place for them in the engineering industry. I'd love to be able to kind of support them and give them a role model. I'm involved in STEM ambassador program, which kind of gives me the opportunity to do that already, but I'd love to continue it. We'll come on and talk about the STEM ambassadors program just shortly, Sarah, but what would you say to anyone who's perhaps like 17, 18 years old, thinking about finishing up school, thinking about studying a graduate apprenticeship, would you have any advice for them? I'd say to go for it, go for the graduate apprenticeship. It's challenging at times, but it's definitely worth it. You get chances to develop your professional skills a lot earlier on than you would say going to uni and then getting a job afterwards. You get access to company training. You can network with professionals from a really young age and it's just it's really worth it. What's the future, Andrew? What does the future hold for graduate apprenticeships at GCU? Well, I think we're, we're going from, from strength to strength. I think we had, there's almost 360 applications uh, for the academic year 21-22. We, we are looking to make sure that um, we're getting a bit better of a gender balance though. Um, it was about probably about two and a half to one in terms of um, male applicants compared to female applicants. So we are 
um, really looking to, to kind of increase that. So I'm sure you'll have a role in that, Sarah, as a kind of ambassador for the kind of future graduate friendships here at uh, GCU. Uh, so that's something we're, we're looking forward to. We're probably at the kind of limit in terms of different frameworks we can do, unless perhaps if there's uh, more master's programs opened up as, as graduate apprenticeship frameworks, majority of the frameworks at the moment are undergraduate, and we'd like to see kind of more kind of master's level uh, frameworks as well to kind of matching to our, our master's in engineering programs that we have for, for regular undergraduate students. Now, you both touched on very interesting points here that have teed up nicely to the second part of this podcast, because as we mentioned at the top of the show, we're not exclusively talking about graduate apprenticeships. We're also looking to discuss about how the university is supporting women in STEM subjects. And I'll come back to you, Sarah. Could you tell me about your experiences of working in what's perhaps a, a traditionally male-dominated environment? So I think definitely when you say to people in engineering, they think of men, but that is changing. My team at work in the civils team, around half are women, which is quite rare, I'd say, for the engineering industry. I know a lot of companies are definitely trying to challenge that in universities as well. Sadly, when I first started my apprenticeship, a few people said to me that it was a sort of diversity box ticking exercise, which although it is a joke, it's, it's not really funny and it's something yeah. that definitely needs to be challenged. How did you feel then when, when somebody made a, a, a joke like that was trying to be funny and that is quite a, a sensitive topic? Yeah, I think it's just, you know, people have these stereotypes in their mind and it, it can be a bit um, hard to hear, but working with a lot of um, women role models at work really helps, you know. Why do you think there is still a perception that these are quote-unquote men-only areas of work? I think it's just based on what people have known, you know, industry's been male dominated for a long time and as we change that hopefully more young girls will be able to see themselves in those kind of careers. And of course you mentioned that you're a STEM ambassador so tell me what does that mean? So STEM ambassador is just being able to showcase what STEM's all about. You can get involved in all sorts of events, speaking to kids in schools, speaking with their teachers so that they can offer a better level of education and you can attend sort of women in STEM events. That was one of the things that first got me interested in engineering was when I was in high school, I was able to attend a university event and learn more about different types of engineering. Since you've become a STEM ambassador, have you had the chance to do that, to go out to schools and, and speak to pupils about their career options? It's only recently that I've signed up, but I have got a few events planned. I'm supposed to be speaking for part of Scottish Apprenticeship Week in Glasgow um, with Glasgow Caledonian University, just about my um, apprenticeship journey and be able to answer a few questions, hopefully. Excellent. That sounds very exciting. I'll come to you, Andrew. What do you think can be done to encourage more women and young girls to participate in STEM subjects? Yeah, well, as, as Sarah says, I think we're, we're kind of moving in the right direction. But the problem is, if, even if we're talking, we're talking to primary school kids, it's, it's 10 years before that kind of comes through the system, before they kind of get to university age. So I think there's a lot of things in place at the moment, like uh, primary engineer that Glasgow Caledonia is really involved with, that kind of goes out to primary schools and, and as engineer visits and really trying to encourage them to think about engineering as a career. But unfortunately, that there's, there's a bit of a time delay in that. So I, I think we're moving in the right direction. What we can do right now is, as Sarah says, if we're talking to, to people like her who maybe had the, who are doing physics and maths and, and these sorts of subjects as, as, as their hires, talking to them now, invite them along to events, 
And I know um, as the School of Computing uh, Engineering Built Environment runs uh, kind of summer schools and, and kind of events over the summer as well to, to encourage children of that age to, to think about engineering. Because once you've, you've chosen your highs, it's almost too late to then kind of change your, your perspective from that point. So I, th I think we're doing a lot, but we, it's just going to take some time for the change to come through the system. So when I was in fifth year, I was picking my hires and I realised that I wasn't doing physics. So mm -hmm. it was actually something I had to crash. So that was a bit of a challenge on my start of my engineering journey. So I think if we bring, if we raise awareness of that earlier on, then students can pick the right subjects that they need to progress their journey without any hurdles. We have actually considered changing our first year programme. So we're actually from next September, we've kind of modified the first year of our engineering programme to make physics less important and to give more of that kind of grounding. So kind of a kind of some physics at high school is important, but not necessarily a physics higher. So we are kind of moving to, to, to kind of recognize that fact that it's, it is a struggle for some people to take that at high school, definitely. The Department of Computing, Engineering and Built Environment has an Athena Swan Award. Andrew, tell me about that. So this is um, basically looking at diversity in, in all ways across the school. So this is from, from staff, profiles and student profiles and, and not just about encouraging minorities to be involved but looking really for kind of a true balance across the school in terms of, of, of what the way we do things and, 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 and look at that and what part of that has been kind of taking part in training courses for unconscious bias so all of the, all the staff have been encouraged to, to have a look at that and, and I found that really enlightening and the sort of things that you, you don't even realize you're doing as part of what you say and do that, that, that kind of is from your kind of background and the things that come through. So that's that's been a really interesting part for, for me. Sounds like GCU is moving in the right direction then in terms of its inclusivity and encouraging girls and young women to participate in STEM. Absolutely, absolutely. I'd, I'd agree. So, I, but um, yeah, we, we, we wish things were changing much more quickly. And, and certainly we, we do have, um, certainly a lot of our strongest students are uh, female students and and so that's again if that's if there's no other reason why we should have more females involved in engineering that's that's a, a very good reason in my year unfortunately i'm the only girl on the program so it can be a bit lonely it's something i kind of expected going into an engineering degree but it would be nice to see more girls on the course i know there's a few in the year above me and on the full-time course but definitely it would be great to see the ratios kind of change once again do you have any words to any young women thinking of studying a same subject i would say that don't be scared of going into a male-dominated industry because um, the more people that take up these kind of careers, then the faster we can get it to be a more balanced and diverse industry. Well, listen, I would like to thank you both very much for speaking to me today. Andrew, it was great to have you on the show. Thanks very much, Craig. And Sarah, thanks for your time. Great to speak to you. Yeah, thanks. So it's great being here. I'd also like to thank everyone for listening to today's episode, and I hope you'll join us again next time around when we'll be in conversation with more people from the GCU community. In the meantime, please subscribe to this podcast. You'll find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and pretty much everywhere else. If you could also be so kind to leave us a five-star review, that would be greatly appreciated. Until the next time, I've been Craig Telfer, and this has been The Common Good Podcast. Thank you.